This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. I know you hear it all the time, and it probably gives you tired head when somebody says, you know, back when I grew up, things were just completely different. And sometimes people say they were better. Sometimes people say they were worse. I know you've heard the expression, you know, I had to walk uh, seven miles to school in the morning each day in the snow in my bare feet, and it was all uphill. And so you're constantly getting these communications about people talking about the way things were in the in the old days. And sometimes they say those are the good old days. But But when I grew up, things were much different when it came to politics, or at least it seemed to me it was much different when it came to politics. You know, presidential politics kind of came and they come and go, of course, every four years. But it seemed like when I was growing up, you kind of started to get interested in it in the June before the election or July. They'd have the they'd have both of the conventions. People would make a choice and then maybe you'd argue about it for two to three months and then. Someone would get elected in November, and that was really kind of all you talked about it, and there was no further discussion about it. And yes, of course, there were world events, but with the news not being 24-7, there just wasn't as much politics. It was a really a short, short season, and of course today, politics never ends. It's 24-7. Uh, it gives me tired head just talking about it. I heard a guy say maybe a couple of years ago, and I don't know what this is worth, but I thought this was kind of a fascinating statement he made two statements about politicians. That first one he said is that, you know, he goes, he goes, most people in the country are looking to politicians for leadership. They're looking for politicians to help direct them, help lead them. He said, but the reality is, is that is that most politicians, by their very nature, they're not leaders. They're the kind of people that gather information, they do polls, they kind of see which way the world is going, and that's kind of the way that they go, because of course they're constantly trying to get reelected. He goes, so the the very attribute that you're looking for is leadership is, is not usually considered to be one of the attributes of people that are are drawn to or are a part of politics. And you can see it sometimes because they get more focused on the issues than, than the problem. The second thing that he said, which I thought was far more alarming, is he said that if you watch very closely, politicians care about voters. They don't necessarily care about citizens because, of course, they're trying to get reelected. And so, so the voters, which are the people that put them in or out of office, is much different than the citizens. And if you live in an area where 25% of the people in your particular county or your state vote, then you can see there's a fairly large discrepancy there. Discrepancy there. Anyway, I'm sorry that I've already talked too much about politics, but today I want to talk to you about office politics. If you go to Webster's Dictionary, the definition of office politics is the activities, attitudes, or behaviors that are used to get or keep power or an advantage within a business or a company. So I wanted to talk to you today about how do you navigate through office politics. So usually the baseline reasons that there is 
office politics in your company is starts with the fact that there's a lack of supervision or control at the workplace, which means leaders aren't leading. Leadership has allowed it to occur. I don't know whether that makes for arrogant superiors or whether there's jealous colleagues. It usually means that um, employees aspiring to come into the limelight easily without much hard work, which people are using politics to try to get it in advance because it doesn't work very hard. Politics arise when employees aspire to achieve something beyond their authority and control in a short span of time. Basically, office politics allows for shortcuts, and there's people that want to take advantage of that. And then, of course, there's just too much of gossip at work, because when there's too much gossip at work, that leads to politics. And when you have office politics, you end up with the results that there's gossiping and spreading of rumors, gaining favor by flattering the boss, taking credit for others' work, and sabotaging co-workers' projects. That's what office politics looks like. When employees perceive a political environment, they're less engaged. They participate less and they contribute fewer ideas. So, so office politics doesn't help anyone and certainly doesn't help the company. So right out of the gate, you may actually be working in a culture. And if you describe the culture of your organization, you might describe it as political. And of course, that would be a very unhealthy, unhealthy culture to be in, which is a political culture. So I want to walk you through what I think you should do if you've got office politics. And before I do that, I need to start with how can you tell if your company, if your organization, if your team, if your contact center has office politics? Well, the first step is, is, is that you take an immediate look at power and influence. And this is pretty simple. Are the people who are supposed to have the power and influence the people that actually have it? I didn't ask you whether they were liked. I didn't ask you whether the boss talks to you know, certain people about the Cowboys or the TV show Friends. I'm saying, do the people that are supposed to have the power and influence have it? Can you just quickly and clearly see the people that should have the power and influence, which means the people that have the, have the titles, and the influence might come from the people that are, that are doing spectacularly well, or you can clearly see that they're key contributors and they should have influence. Maybe they're the smartest person in the room. So we're looking to make sure first that there's a balance on power and influence. Can you see it? Are the people that are supposed to have it, have it? If they don't, you might have a shot that you've got some office politics. The second thing up is meritocracy, right? Is this the kind of an organization where can you clearly see that the people that deserve to have power and influence, the people that deserve to be successful or be noted as being successful are the ones that are doing that? There's a term that describes people that are coming up through the organization. They call them jets. And jets are people that are, that are on the move right there. You can just tell that person's a fast riser. They're going to go somewhere. They're going to be a leader somewhere in this organization. And by the way, I hope that's you. I hope you're a jet in your organization. If you're not a jet in your organization, then that's something you could aspire to become because that, that puts you on the fast track. And they put you on the fast track because you have merit. You're doing things that people will notice. So... You know, you also see meritocracy in reward and recognition, but they don't necessarily come together. You're not always going to see people that deserve merit are getting rewarded and they're getting recognized. Because as we've said before, there are some people that don't want to be recognized, right? They're not the kind of people that feel a reward is to be recognized. So they may be rewarded in some other ways. They may get a get a high five or a dap, you know, behind closed doors because they don't want to be they don't want to be pointed out as someone that's being recognized. It's just not something that that 
is a reward for them. So something that you should you should look for. You're you're kind of looking for that 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 grade school concept of a teacher's pet, and, and not the teacher's pet that's really talented. The teacher's pet that's just the teacher's pet because because they just look like they're just schmoozing their way to things. That's a that's a really good sign of a of a of an office politic beneficiary. So. I also want to make a make a, a clear statement that that I'm not talking about about rules and unwritten rules because sometimes people look at a look at office politics and they say well you know you know the corporate uh, the corporate edict says that work starts at eight but our boss is um, is is uh, he or she's a really early riser and so she's there at she's there at seven and so everybody else is kind of showing up at seven so the people that are in the office politics they're they're showing up early that's not office politics. That's just kind of an unwritten rule, which is, hey, you know, if you want to want to be a part of the game here, um, this is this is how we get going and this is what we do. And so I want to make that distinction between, you know, between an unwritten rule that, hey, you're supposed to arrive early or stay later. And you'll see that also at the end of the day, too. You'll just see people starting to hang around or certain people hanging around and they're hanging around because the boss is still there. And and if if he's still there or she's still there, then there might be an opportunity to do more work or or to get a project or just to, to stay visible in what's going on. So I, I'm not saying that's that that couldn't be office politics, but in this particular in this particular case, I'm just calling that an unwritten rule. You need to be aware of unwritten rules, but it's not necessarily a distinction for office politics. So if if you're not sure or or you feel like it is a political kind of place, if you've answered some of those questions positive, you're like, okay, okay, this is this is this is political. The environment I'm in is political. Th- then I want to give you a warning right right out of the gates, and that is, is don't jump into the deep end of, uh, end of the pool if you don't know how to swim. Which means don't go jumping into office politics because you think that that's the way you're going to succeed. When in reality, you don't have a clue how to do it. It's not something that you're comfortable with, and and quite frankly, I wouldn't recommend that you do it anyway. So here's some quick tips if you're in a gossip, if you're in a, a political environment and you just want to um, you want to make sure that you're protected since you don't necessarily know how to work your way through those waters at this point. The first thing is, is is a rule that I've taught you about management, but which you specifically need to do when you're in a political environment, and that is don't gossip. Walk away. Don't get involved in those conversations where you see people over in the corner and they're gossiping about a particular issue or they're sitting around the lunchroom and everybody's talking about something that's going on or talking about a rumor. Just walk away. This is probably totally politically inappropriate at this time and in this world, but I had a third grade teacher, Mrs. Buckley, that would say, spread out kids, one bomb will kill you all. And and the, the point was, is don't be in a group that's sitting around gossiping. Don't get sucked in. I don't care whether it's a political environment or a non-political environment, don't gossip ever, ever, but don't be involved in those groups that are sitting around all bantering, talking about it, because if one person says something that's inappropriate, or one person says something that might get might get them in trouble, by the fact that you were listening to it, it puts you in trouble as well. So, so this one really is a political or non-political, don't gossip, and you've heard me say this before, but especially if it's a political environment, and you don't know your way around it, just don't gossip. The second thing is, is if you're in that kind of an environment, you need to take an extra note to make sure that you don't rely on confidentiality because you just don't know whether things are confidential. If it's a highly political environment, you don't know whether the things that you say are going to be passed on to somebody who's going to pass it on to somebody else. And so just, just be aware of the fact that, that confidential isn't confidential. And in general, you should be communicating with your leader and not with anybody, with your leader or with HR and anything that's confidential. 
I know in the past we've talked about the fact that you certainly shouldn't be communicating anything uh, reliable or something that would be important to you down into your organization and that you need to be very, very careful of which peers you're communicating with. But in general, be aware of confidentiality may not be as confidential if it's a political environment. And then finally, just just don't take sides. Just don't take sides in in any argument that the the Switzerland's always survived because they're kind of in the middle. And and if you're looking to figure out what side to take, always take the company side and always take the customer side. And if you and if you use the, that as your as your bearing as to which way you're going to go, you'll probably always be safe. But the key rules, the key three things that you can do if if you want to be if you want to be able to play in a political environment or a non-political environment are these three things. The first one is you need to communicate to your leader. You need to be very on purpose about communicating to your leader. You need to make sure they know what you're doing. There's no such thing as a, as a silent contributor. Because when you're a silent contributor, it means you didn't contribute anything and you're kind of hoping that somebody's going to see what you're doing. Now, the great news is, is that in a contact center, the numbers don't lie, right? We've got a zillion reports and a zillion things that are going on. So it should be pretty evident and pretty clear your impact, your performance, and how you're doing. But I want you to go a step further. I want you to make sure that your boss knows what it is you're doing. And make sure that, that you're communicating it on a regular basis and that you're making sure that, that there's no stone unturned, that when you leave your, your weekly one-on-one with your, with your leader or a conversation, that if there's something that's happened that you've done, that you've communicated to them so that they don't hear it from someone else, because that's really where politics ends up getting you. It's that somebody else communicating something that's out of your control that, that especially if it's about you, you want to make sure that, that you're involved in that. And that's because of the fact that, that someone may be trying to get credit for something that you've done. Someone may be trying to, to get around some circumstances of something you've done. So if you've communicated with your leader and you've communicated your performance and where you are and what you think and what you need to do and what you're working on and, and your, pers- your perspective or perception on different issues or problems that are going on in the organization, you'll have some sort of protection. Second up, is you need to find commonality with your leader. I'm not telling you that I want you to be a suck up, but I want you to be be connected, especially if your boss is the kind of person that wants to connect. You need to be someone that can network. You, you don't have to, and you network obviously with your boss, you network with other people. You don't have to be football or friends, you know, connected or commonality. There's so many things that you have in common with your leader. And you just need to find out what those are so that you can have communication with that person that goes above and beyond the pure numbers that go on in your organization. It never hurts to have a relationship with the, with the person that you work for that, that, that's, that's wide, that has some commonality, that there's something else that you can talk about besides just work. And when you do that, you give them an opportunity to get to know you. And it puts you on at least an even plane with someone else that you may be competing with that you don't even know about that is a little bit of a schmoozer or that, that you seem to think is, is spending a lot of time communicating. And I'm not talking about wasting your boss's time. I'm not talking about wasting your time. I'm not talking about spending a whole bunch of time on stuff that doesn't matter. I'm just asking you and encouraging you to find some commonality. Find some commonality with your leader that you can use uh, to make a, more of a connection with them. And it is the best protection that you can have against 
politics, along with obviously communicating because they're kind of the same thing. And the third thing, and, and I don't know whether it's the most important, but I've talked about it before, and so I'm going to talk about it again, and, and that's to just be trustworthy. The best protection that you can have is, is to be trustworthy, to be a go-to person, the kind of person that, 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 that your leader or other leaders in the organization want to go to. And if you're trustworthy, it means that you're, you're not a gossip, you're not a credit thief, you're not somebody that steals credit from other people. You're not a flatterer, right? And it's okay to be encouraging or even a cheerleader and, and totally all in for the company. I'm even okay with you being just a total corporate weenie. It, it's okay to be a homer when it comes to your organization and, and to be somebody that, that's a cheerleader and somebody that's enthusiastic and somebody that, that believes. Man, I hope you believe in, your, in the, the values of your organization and where they're going, but don't be a flatterer. And flatterer is fake, right? Where you say something that you really deep down don't mean or you're not saying it for any other reason than to get something for yourself. So don't be a gossip. Don't be a credit thief. Don't be a flatterer. Don't be a, a saboteur. Don't be sabotaging other people. I mean, it's um, one, it's mean and it's cruel and, um, and you probably won't get away with it because it, it just doesn't work. Uh, believe it or not, in most organizations, uh, uh, Nice guys or nice gals finish first, not 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 the, the saboteurs, and then and then avoid being a lobbyist. And a lobbyist is someone that's just in the business of, of going around and getting other people to agree with them. They spend all their time going around and getting other people to agree with them, and they have a tendency to lose sight of what their real job is, which is to do their job. And and by being trustworthy, you've created an environment where where no matter where the politics fall, no matter where the issue comes. This is a person that I want on my team. This is a person that I want to be a part of the decisions that we're making in the organization. Just a side note, if you're in a political environment or you're entering a political environment or you think there might be one, COVID is kind of resetting relationships. And whether that's because of just proximity uh, or people working for home or just the, the different context of the people that are still there or the work environment, it's, re, it's resetting relationships. So if you don't have a good relationship, this is an opportunity to reset. If you don't have commonality and you haven't made a connection, this is an opportunity to reset. It's an opportunity to reset across the board. Your work counts a little bit more because many organizations, especially contact centers, are struggling to keep people which means that what you do and your contribution in this time when, when things are really, really tough, you can make a difference. You can stand out. It's a great opportunity for you to excel and get noticed and put yourself on that jet track forward. And it's also a great opportunity to diversify because when there's confusion, when there's problems, when there's challenges, organizations are, are looking for people to step up and make a difference. And when there's an opportunity to step up and make a difference, you can, you can make a name for yourself. And making a name for yourself uh, and being attached to something that's successful usually means a promotion and usually means more money, which are both really, really, really good things. And of course, it certainly means job security. So there you go. There's the subject that we discussed today, which is office politics. I hope you don't have them at your place. But if you do, be wary of it. Don't get involved with it. Don't gossip. Um, you know, be very aware of your confidentiality and don't be taking sides. And then the best way to overcome it is to communicate with your leader all the time. Tell them what you're doing. Find commonality with your leader or with your supervisor. Find something that you have in common with them 
to just build a strong working bond, and then finally be trustworthy. If you do these things, uh, office politics are never great, but it is something that you can overcome and something that you can survive. It's been great talking to you this week. As always, you have the capacity and capability to be a great leader. You simply have to make the choice, do the work, put in the effort, and make it happen. Look forward to talking to you next week. As always, if there is a question that you've got, just reach out to me at mtamer at proponisi, P-R-O-P-O-N-I-S-I dot com, and we'll answer that question for you and get back to you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.